What happens at the campground stays at the campground. Unless, of course, it follows you home. Thanks for joining us as the Low Budget Ghost Squad presents Very Scary Stories and a few urban legends that still scare me to this day. I'm Natalie. I'm Allison. And I'm Ethan. Every Monday during the month of October, we've been bringing you a collection of tales for Halloween as we work on Season 2 of the Low Budget Ghost Squad. And based on what we experienced at the Lord Baltimore Hotel, it's going to be a lot of fun. So far in these scary stories, you've heard of vampires, Bloody Mary, and some glowing red eyes that follow you around a cemetery. This week, it's all about those scary camp stories that make you stay up all night in your tent. What's out there? watching you. Now, I do have to say some of these stories may be a little intense for some listeners. Just wanted to give you a heads up before we start. Now, here's a story that I know you've heard some sort of version of over the years. Okay, so picture it. Okay, you sound like Sophia from the Golden Girls. Picture it! Don't, you didn't do it right. Picture it! Still didn't do it right. Anyway, and I know I sound like Sophia. I'm very proud of it. Okay, picture it. Sicily, 1920. I'm kidding. That's not where our story takes place. Picture it. North Carolina, 10 people sitting around a campfire all wrapped up in blankets. The fire they built is burning really bright and they're getting actually pretty loud. And they're getting so loud that they don't hear what's coming. But there are definitely footsteps. Soon, everyone goes to sleep. And there are several tents all in a circle around the fire. Things are really quiet now, except for the fire that's slowly burning out. You can can just hear the crackle of it. But then, everyone heard the screams. They all came running out of the tents, and then they saw it. The huge gaping hole in Shelly's tent. It had been cut and slashed. But where was Shelly? She's not there. I mean, all her stuff was, her phone and her bag. Everyone there starts yelling her name out. And they make such a commotion that they missed it. The noise. The noise they should have heard. It would have saved them. Brad noticed her first. She was slumped over in one of their trucks. She was breathing, but Shelly had been hit in the head, and somebody moved her to this truck. Was someone watching them? Was it one of them? It wasn't. He was still there. And he was watching. Once they found Shelly, everybody grabbed what they could and piled into a truck and another car to get the heck out of there. They would go to the park rangers or the police to get help. But the truck and the car didn't make it. Both vehicles just died. And they were almost at the ranger stand. Now two of them got out to try to walk there. And that's when they saw it. In the bed of the truck. They saw the hook. And they didn't pay attention to what started moving under the blankets next to it. Someone was under those blankets. Well, 
a group of young women went camping. It was in a state park, so, you know, it seemed safe. There were 12 of them, two to a tent, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, they had been hiking, they were cooking hot dogs for dinner over the fire. Most of them had never done this before. It was getting really late, and so they decided it had been a long day, so it was time to get to their tents and go to bed. But see, they had been telling scary stories. One about a man with a hook. One about a ghost who still roams a nearby lake to drag someone else in to spend eternity with them. You know, usual campfire stories. And there were people around their campsite, too. I mean, they weren't too close, but they could hear them. You could hear laughter and maybe some singing. But things were getting quiet now. And they kept the fire burning at least a little in the fire ring so they'd have some lights. But Linda had to get up to go to the bathroom once she was already inside her tent. Thankfully for them, as they are not experienced campers, there are bathrooms in this park, but it's just a little bit of a walk. Not too bad, though. And Linda threw on her shoes and jacket and felt around for a flashlight. But it wasn't there. And did she let someone borrow it? Did her tent mate Chrissy have it? I mean, she couldn't remember. So Linda thought she could find a way to the bathroom. It would be lit up, wouldn't it? So she started walking and walking. And don't worry, that's not where the story's going. She found it. It had lights, thankfully, and she passed by some other campsites, too. You know, those big RVs with elaborate setups? And others had tents, just like they did. But overall, she felt okay going in there by herself. And then she started the walk back, walking and walking in the dark. She was walking pretty quickly because it was creepy out there, and, you know, you couldn't see a lot because it was late at night. But she figured out which tent was hers. She slowly unzipped it, and she didn't want to make a lot of noise and wake up Chrissy. And she felt around for her sleeping bag and climbed in, and she went to sleep. No big deal. But the next morning, she woke up and started talking to Chrissy. But she didn't say anything back. And Linda thought, you've got to be awake by now. Nature's too loud to stay asleep. So she sat up unzipped her sleeping bag, and leaned over to shake Chrissy. But her face was buried in her pillow. It looked uncomfortable, but hey, whatever works for her. And Chrissy still didn't wake up. And Linda decided to roll her over, but something had happened to Chrissy. And then something caught her eye. Something written on the side of the tent. Something written in what looked like blood. And it said, Be glad you couldn't find your flashlight. So I'm here to tell you about the story from our camp. It's the urban legend that always goes around the camp, mainly the boys' campfire, known as the Skog. The story, so what the Skog does is he looks at night for victims to eat obviously now it wasn't always the urban legend but recently it's gotten a lot bigger so the layout of the archery field is basically the archery it has arrows and then behind the archery field there's a pond known as skog pond you'll get we'll get to that later during the camp session 
kids would occasionally shoot the arrows over the archery field and it'd go into the pond. So at the end of every week, the archery teacher has to go get the arrows from the pond. But one week, the lake was dried up, so he went back there. But it wasn't truly dried up because there was still mud. So he had to, like, walk in the mud. So, you know, he had to dig his feet. His feet got all disgusting. But he actually got stuck while getting while getting back. He was stuck there for hours, but no one ever noticed because it was his week off the next week. So everybody thought he had just put the arrows back and left. But he never left. And eventually, more rain came in, and the mud eventually came up he died in the mud. Now, he's mad at people because no one came to look for him when he went missing. So, after that, he was known as the Skog. So, Skog is 10 feet tall with pale white skin and red glowing eyes. And the only reason he hunts at night is because it's easy for him to see his victims. So, if you're ever at that camp, never ever be out in the woods at night because if you see him he can see you and if you can hear him he can hear you now the girls campfire never heard those stories because we were busy singing songs about not trusting men i actually spent money on this camp So this next story is kind of, I don't really know what to say about it, but I've seen several versions and it may be a legend you're familiar with. I don't know, but here we go. Jenny and Greg met at summer camp and they immediately fell for each other. They would hang out all day, go swimming. But the funny thing about Jenny was that she always had this pink ribbon around her neck, not in her hair, but tied around her neck in this cute little bow. And Greg would ask, why do you have that on all the time? Actually, most people would ask her that. But she said she just liked it and don't worry about it. So Greg didn't say anything else about it, but still made him wonder. She's swimming in the lake, and that ribbon's still on her. I mean, why? He kept asking himself. So their week at camp was coming to an end, and they promised to write each other and stay in touch as one does in a situation like that. We'll see if it actually happens. But that last morning there, they'd finished up breakfast. Jenny had eggs. Greg had waffles. It was fun and a little sad because they were leaving summer camp. And she still had that pink ribbon around her neck. And what he did next would haunt him for the rest of his life. Jenny stood up to get more milk, and Greg stood up too, and and it startled Jenny at first. But then she just smiled, because he was getting closer to her, and she thought he was going to kiss her right there in front of everybody. But no. He untied that pink ribbon. And y'all, Jenny's head fell off. What? What? All of what? Okay, so they didn't know how that one was going to end. I love surprising them. 
I mean, the ribbons are so flimsy. And there would be blood, right? Because it's her head. How is she alive? She has no head. Someone's Greg dating a dead person? Poor Greg. How did she eat eggs? You know what? That story reminded me of one scene from the movie called The Orphan. Where the orphan, someone takes off the ribbon on her neck. She goes absolutely nuts. Or as Allison just said, psychotic. I have never seen this movie and I'm not sure my son should have either. But that's okay. So this next one was actually put together for last week's Very Scary Stories collection, but we had to cut it for time. So here it goes this week. So Charlie was trying to get home one night, and he had a little too much to drink, and he thought, oh, I'll take a shortcut through the cemetery to get to my house. I mean, because, well, it sounded like a good idea at the time. So he was making his way around the tombstones when he found himself falling into darkness. And it was a dark hole in the middle of a cemetery in the middle of the night. But he wasn't alone in there. He heard something calling out his name, and he could see a shadow figure. Was it a ghost? A zombie? The devil? Charlie thought to himself, that preacher always said I'd end up here if I didn't change my ways. In a dark hole, in the middle of the cemetery, in the middle of the night. But Charlie was in trouble, because the next thing he heard, the voice said, you can't get out. Oh, but Charlie did get out. I mean, he probably jumped about six feet in the air to reach the surface. He used every ounce of strength he had to pull himself out of this strange dark hole in the middle of the cemetery, in the middle of the night. Charlie took off running, and he didn't stop until he got home. But in that hole, that dark hole in the middle of a cemetery, in the middle of the night, you could hear a voice, and it said... Hey, Charlie, wait, it's just me. Well, it was his friend John who left the bar right before he did and apparently found the hole first. And John said, great, now I'm stuck in a dark hole in the middle of a cemetery in the middle of the night. Charlie, come back. We wanted to end on something a little funnier this time. Unless you're stuck in a dark hole in the middle of the cemetery in the middle of the night. Now, next week, it will be our final Very Scary Stories episode for this Halloween season. And don't worry, we'll have more of these. And I have to say, next week has some creepy stuff in it. It's called Things That Go Bump in the Night. So get ready for that. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you can be among the first to hear next week's Very Scary Stories. Also, check out our Instagram and Facebook pages and our YouTube channel for pictures and videos from Season 1 at the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas and stuff from some of these very scary stories as well. And of course, the Low Budget Ghost Squad is part of Spellbound Productions. Mom did the writing, editing, directing, producing, and telling us what to do. And a big thanks to Lucinda Peterson for the show's artwork. And thank you to Allison and Ethan for playing along. And thankfully now you know why you shouldn't untie a ribbon around somebody's neck. Because you never know what's going to happen.